The, the Sports Zilla Show from 2 to 4. And Agashioka going out to Tuckton to see where that hit him. It did hit him on the guard. It was that shin guard that goes from the ankle to the um, to the shin, actually. It's the Sports Zilla Show with Rain. That's right. Who do you think you are? I am. Damn it, right. And Matt. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. In my knowledge of him, he's never ever put on a jock strap. He's never been a coach. He's never been a scout. He's never been an administrator. And all of a sudden, he's an expert, has no more credentials to do what he's doing than my neighbor, and he doesn't even have season tickets to the NFL. Here's a guy. The SportsZilla Show starts now. Here's a guy. On Twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Here's a guy. And ESPN Radio. Here's a guy who talked to Clint Frazier. I'm sorry, Clint. Downtown goes Frazier of the New York Yankees today. That's factual and actual. My name is Rain, and Matt Page, the glue guy, is in here as we get started. Good afternoon. What do you think about that, buddy? Uh, that's pretty awesome that you got to talk to him. I, I enjoyed uh, the conversation about his shoes, his kicks. Uh, Brandon Steiner hosted this. Uh, there was a bunch of peeps on it. Many of them work here. We got to ask some questions. Humble brag by you, by the way. Absolutely. I gave him a little, well, you know, I mean, I've been the worldwide leader in bald, and if you know me, uh, you know I don't have any hair. Maybe you can't tell. Maybe the facial hair gives it away. It's now salt and paprika, but I'm a ginger. He's a ginger, and I had to give him a little ginger power love. It made me think of South Park, too, that one episode. Um, so you gave him a tip of the, a tip of the cap? So I, I'm, I'm sitting there with, you know, the buttoned-up uh, New York Yankees and then the pinstripes and the tradition, and, and then I'm thinking about South Park as I'm talking to Clint Frazier or listening to the conversation with Clint Frazier. Uh, we'll talk more about that tonight. Yankees on deck is on the air on ESPN Radio Syracuse and Oswego 97.7 and 100.1. And Utica Roman 96.5. Yes, 6 o'clock tonight, Yankees on deck. Anytime we talk about them during the Sports Illa show, which we're good to go till 4, it's brought to you by William Matar. If you're hurt in a car, call William Matar. 444-4444. 44 is a number synonymous with Syracuse, and it's also synonymous with Reggie Jackson, in my mind, for the New York Yankees. Wow, man, what a day. Garrett Cole was phenomenal. Uh, we can start with that, but that's more for Yankees on deck. Not very many uh, highlights from last night's game. Speaking of four, Quincy is down to his final four. Quincy Garrier is Kaluma the answer. Bayheim's had a couple of zooms with him. But Quincy's looking at Arizona State, Illinois, Memphis, and Oregon, assuming he doesn't go to the NBA. Alan Griffin is just trying to go pro. NBA, I don't know if that happens, but playing pro somewhere. So does it matter on the way as we get to the game plan today? Spencer Davidson plays odds makers with us. Masters of the Obvious is where we're going to ask a few obvious questions. One of them, well, was discussed with Orange Nation as Rick Beardsley joined them today with some breaking news. I don't know how much we're going to discuss that. I think that's already been taken care of. I want to talk to Beast Mode about Syracuse and Georgetown and the ladies playing and what's going on with Lemoyne and... Just some questions. The Scanlon situation, how that affects things moving forward. More information has come out since we talked to him last week. So Rick Beardsley will help us. Uh, be guest number two on the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line today. You're killing me, Smalls, uh, before the top of the 3 o'clock hour. The sports festivus or airing of the grievances will include um, the soap in the bathroom. Wow, I'm shocked you didn't bring up Tebow. Uh, not yet. Okay. It, oh, we're going to somehow, some way. Don't we have to? And Aaron Rodgers again. Yeah. Because everybody keeps talking. I told you yesterday, uh, the, LeBron today too, all right? The, the Knicks today too. Can you deal with that sucker? No, not really. Oh, you're going to have to. Um, also, the drop uh, in, since we brought up the Yankees, 
It's a dump. It's a dump. And I don't know if you watched the game last night. I did. I don't know if you listened to the game on the radio. I also did that. I watched the full replay. But uh, even Susan and John were, oh, that's baseball, Susan. Uh, oh, my God, it's such a dump. I hate those catwalks. It should just be a foul. They were going off. It was hilarious. That stupid double. And, and you know when John and Susan are talking about it, you know it's an issue. Oh, man, it was get off my lawn, and it was fantastic, and I felt I, felt I was their spirit animal. Are you sure it wasn't just your alter egos talking, or did you actually hear them say it? I, I was, it was like I was channeling that. It was like a, a puppet, like a ventriloquist that was just crazy because I was feeling the same way. I hate the drop. I can't stand it. I've been there before. They should not play Major League Baseball there. They've got to build another stadium if they're going to remain in Tampa. Otherwise, relocation like Oakland, possibly to Vegas. Hour number two, Jack Perrin, our guy with last word on sports out of Chicago, will join us to talk NBA. The Knicks backed into a playoff spot. They were probably inevitably going to do that. They've avoided the play-in the play -in game. Your Celtics are struggling. Uh, then Mark Larson joins us. Normally, it's Wednesdays. Uh, he is Spectrum Sports News, uh, Spectrum's sports director, and Mark Larson will discuss um, his food of the day, oh, but then a bunch of other topics with us, and then we'll get to sound check. That's that's pretty much the game plan that's laid I, out. I like how when you're talking about Mark Larson, uh, we'll talk some kind of sports with him, but food of the day, no, off the top. If you've heard Mark Larson on with us before, he gets most hyped for the food question to the point that we have to ask him one. You have to. You almost have to. It's been cinnamon rolls and pizza and... French fries. French fries. And he doesn't just take you... He takes you locally around central New York, but also on his travels around the world. Which is fantastic. Or the country at the very least. I think he was in Connecticut for his daughter's graduation yesterday. We have to ask about that. But I want to ask him about Arthur Kaluma. I want to ask him about Quincy. I want to ask him about his final four. I want to ask him about Brianna Stewart. I probably want to ask him about lacrosse and Tiana. Unfortunately, she was waived by Phoenix and she's going to go back to Australia. That bummed me out, but I'm probably getting ahead of myself because I'm sure we'll discuss that in a couple minutes. Sportzilla Show, good to go. Q Sports Talk, twitch.tv, ESPN Radio across central New York. And now, if you're ready to ask me some questions, I will hopefully provide some suitable answers. We call this Does It Matter? Does it matter? It's the Sportzilla Show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Does it matter? Well, I'd ask you about the uh, Tropicana Stadium, but you've already talked about that. So I guess I'll just move on. No, the Trop, you want to talk about it in Tampa? You don't, because I already did. Yeah. And I'm going again. It's really bothering me. Why? I'm a, anybody that knows You only me, see it a few times a year. It's an abomination. I get that. It should not be a place that hosts Major League Baseball. How do you have catwalks in the field of play? Even John Sterling goes, it should just be a foul ball. These are stupid rules and stupid ground rules. And as soon as it happened, they posted the ground rules on the video screen in the trop. It's a dump. Do away with it. Okay, I won't go off anymore. Go ahead. There's stupid catwalks. It's stupid double. Luckily, Garrett Cole pitched out of it, and he was spectacular last night, by the way. Unbelievable. Into the eighth. Great scouting report last night on the Yankees on deck, if I do say so ourselves. Yes, yes. Uh, I will commend us both. I'll pat you on the back and me. Let's move on. Ask me a question that I will calm down. Uh, does it matter that catwalk should be added to every stadium? <laughs> no, it's, no, no, no. I'm not taking the bait today. Fishing. You're fishing, and we can talk about that in the Twitch chat at Q Sports Talk. Go. Uh, obviously, you just touch, uh, briefly touched on it, but Tiana heading back to Australia to play basketball. 
doesn't matter that she'll be able to see her family again. Yeah, you know what? And that's the way I look at this. It sucks that she didn't get drafted. It sucks that she got caught. But man, she needs to see her family. Yep. You know what? She's young. She's good. There's going to be plenty of opportunities for her to continue to play the game of basketball. And listen, Cuse, on behalf of everybody in this community, Tiana, we love you and we want to see you succeed. Just go back, see the family, take a deep breath, collect yourself, figure out your game plan, what you're going to do, what your next move is, and you've got love and support. Trust me. And it's not just Cuse, by the way. I think the entirety of the NBA, uh, the entirety of women's college basketball and anybody with a sense of humanity has to support what Agreed. she what she went through that battle that journey that inspiration you want to talk about a role model hello tiana mangakaya best of luck to you next doesn't matter that uh the men's lax team had a press conference before the georgetown game yeah and we're going to it was uh john desco it was some of the players and that's the conversation we're going to have with rick beardsley so I, I can't wait to ask him we went through a little bit of a scouting report with mario sacco yesterday about georgetown don't sleep on them they're a good defensive team and man you want to talk about apples if you want to use a hockey term uh listen they move the ball around so they're pretty good syracuse historically does well against them obviously they're still part of the big east but I, I think they win this and move on. It's Saturday. More conversation in a few minutes. Does it matter that Alex Rodriguez is buying the Timberwolves for one and a half billion dollars? He gets the WNBA team too. Uh, I believe so in it, that deal. As part of it's the Lynx, right? Yes. So we knew this, but now the price is out. That's correct. Is he footing the entire bill? Uh, no, he's. Uh, has a tech guru with him, who whoever that is. I don't know who he's it got was. a monetary investor. Yeah, I yeah. Kinda, it was a rhetorical question. I kind of knew the answer to that, but oh boy, is he going to be good at it? Uh, is he actually going to do anything with the team? I don't know. Is it just a spokesperson? Is that what his role is going to be? Is it was he used as you know being a rod to get in the door to get a chance to buy them? Hopefully, he puts the right people in place. I still think he's going to do all of his baseball stuff, right? Has to. Yeah, he has to. He's got other business interests. This is just one more thing. A-Rod Corp. That's that's what his company's called. Do you know that? No, I didn't. A-Rod Corp. Oh, okay. Good for you, A-Rod. I'm more concerned with the fact that J-Lo has now moved back to Ben Affleck. That's yeah. been everywhere. Have you seen that? No. Yeah, apparently they're dating. Can't him. say I care. The chemistry's there. Oh, boy. Does wow. it matter that the T-Wolves were uh, less valued than the Clippers. <laughs> Does it? You tell me. Uh, $2, $2 billion for the uh, Clippers and $1.5 for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm going to be honest. I can see it. I would assume that because it's Los Angeles and Minnesota. I, and I, I Staples would, Center. I would rather own the Los Angeles franchise. If, that's just me just to be out there with the weather. Yeah, that's fair. Um, needless to say, next question on what we call Does It Matter on the Sports Hill, a show with ESPN Radio. Does it matter that the NFL schedule releases came out yesterday because of all the leaks? It was the worst. It's the worst kept secret ever. There were leaks ever. everywhere. You're sitting there, like, imagine you're hosting one of the shows at 8 o'clock. I'm sitting there, and I'm waiting for it. 7.57, I get a notification for all the Giants accounts. I go, oh, here's the schedule three minutes before. I yeah. They got to be sitting there getting ready to go, ready to go. All right, we know week one leaked. Let's go through the rest of this. We've got all this stuff planned. And then everybody was like, oh. Yeah, we already saw it. You're kidding me. It's really not as exciting as we make it out to be. Uh, that's why I didn't watch. You just look at it and then you go, okay, moving on. But we'll talk about it more today and over the next couple of days. That's for sure. Next question. Does it matter that, temp, that Tom Brady can break Breeze's record in Foxborough in week four? 
So he averaged 289.6 yards per game last season. He's 1,154 passing yards away from the all-time record held by the now-retired Drew Brees. He keeps the same pace this year in his return to Foxborough. He breaks it in week four. Does he get booed or cheered? I hope he gets booed, and I hope he breaks the record. It's Ouch. 354 touchdowns, and I hope they crush the Patriots. That sucks. And I mean every single word of that. I know you do. And you know what? So does America. I feel like he was hated until he left, and now that he's with Tampa, the, the narrative on him, they're still Brady haters, don't get me wrong, but he's more beloved now that he's not with Belichick and on the Patriots. Okay. America hates the Patriots. I hope you know that. Uh, yeah, I do. Can you deal with that, sucker? Uh, I did that to you I twice to. today. Next question. We got time for one or two more. Does it matter that the Tampa Bay Lightning called up everybody? Everybody. Everybody. Yeah, where's my information on that? I know I have that somewhere. Yeah, so look at this, man. So Boris Kachuk, Taylor Radish, Andres Borgman, Cal Foot, and Spencer Martin. Spencer Martin was interesting to me. He had a few games in the NHL, but it was all with Colorado in 26-17, and now he gets called back. I hope he gets in a game. I mean, Kachuk and Radish, they, these guys earn this. Cal Foot, obviously, he made his NHL, NHL debut um, earlier this year. I think it was January 13th, somewhere in around there. Scored his first NHL goal on the 30th versus Nashville. He's had 35 games up there. Borgman played seven games, but to see these, they deserve it. They deserve it. Agreed. Syracuse has had a good season, and I'm sorry to the Utica Comets fans, but we'll talk about them real quick. The final game, and I know we're going to address this with Spencer Davidson in a couple minutes, the final home game as the affiliate of the Vancouver Canucks, the Utica Comets, the name remains, the affiliation changes to the Devils, but they won that game. It was emotional for head coach Trent Call and the players, but Syracuse Crunch fans, as a player, as a coach, you got to be happy for Trent Call. Um, and if you're interested, anybody out there, we interviewed him on uh, the brother station K Rock on Comets Insider on Monday, thir- first 30 minutes of it, and he talked about that. You got the real, you listened, I know you listened. Yes, yep. You got the real Trent Call. We've been able to interact with him for the entire four years he's been on the Utica Comets, and of course, followed him when he was on the Crunch. Awesome interview. And I feel like Trent Call always gives you the real him whenever we've spoken to him. He told- it's never been coach speak. He said point blank during the interview. You know, whether it was when I was with the Crunch as a coach or a player or coaching the Comets, he goes, it's going to be different in Abbotsford. The Vancouver media is different. He goes, you're going to see a more buttoned up coach, Trent Cull. So anywhere you get your podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, SoundCloud, it's in timelines out there on social media, KROC CNY. You can also in those same places find the James Mitsubishi Sportsilla Show podcast that we put on right here on ESPN Radio. Yeah, man, I love color, and he has raised his family. His kids were born in Syracuse. He set up shop, another older. They're playing lacrosse and hockey in the Utica area. Uh, he really considers, basically, he said for about 20 years of my life, Central New York yeah. is yep. home. Uh, it was really a really awesome interview if you're a hockey fan or a Trent Cole fan, and I think Comets and Crunch fans both are for sure. This is ESPN Radio. We will pause here. We're going to come back, and we are going to talk to Spencer Davidson and play Odds Makers next. It's the Sportzilla Show with Rain and Matt. <coughs> Get the f- away from me. Okay, this has gone well. All right, should we take some calls? Let's take some calls. It's time for Bi-Weekly. Can't wait. With WKTV Sports Director Spencer Davidson. I'm doing calisthenics to get ready. We're on Twitch, Q Sports Talk, twitch.tv. 
Any questions uh, for Jack Perrin to talk NBA or Mark Larson from Spectrum or perhaps Beast Mode with Rick Beardsley when we talk some lacrosse in a few minutes, get that fired up. Or, of course, fishing is always welcome in the Twitch chat for some reason. Could always ask Spencer Davidson a question. It's funny. I, I put a little description of the podcast last night, and I included fishing in it. I saw that. And somebody tweeted at me. He was like, oh, fishing. I might have to check. I'm like, we didn't have an in-depth conversation about fishing. I don't know how to do that, actually. But it comes up quite often. Because, I mean, what do you what do you talk about? What's the play-by-play? And he's cast the line. And yeah. now we wait. And now we wait. Oh, what was that? The sound of an ice-cold beer cracking. Yeah, maybe you got a little radio or something like that, or you're streaming off the phone now. I mean, I don't know what your plan is, but that, that's pretty much it, right? That's it. All right, we got to work on that. We've got to get fishing somehow in one of the rejoins or opens. I agree. It's around the program. What are the odds is what we call this. It's Odds Makers with Spencer Davidson from WKTV. David Quinn was fired. We've discussed that a little bit. There's been a lot of news with the New York Rangers and you being a fan and a big, and of course a big Rangers fan and hockey fan in general. Does this now mean with Drury in charge, Eichel to New York is a foregone conclusion? What are the odds? Uh, I don't necessarily think it's a foregone conclusion. Um, I think right now I put it at 40%. Um, not saying that it's not going to happen, but I don't necessarily think it's a definite. I think that the team's going to have to really look at what they're going to have to give up because they'd have to give up a lot for them. And it's one of those things that, you know, do you want to mortgage some of your really big pieces to get Eichel? And in many ways, he's worth it. I mean, he's one of the best players in the league, um, one of the youngest, you know, the young stars in the league. But, um, you know, it has to make sense as well because he's going to he's gonna command, a, you know, a big salary. You know, you've already got a guy like Artemi Panarin on a big salary, so you don't want to start to accumulate these big salaries and not be able to, to you know, put build a strong team around him. So would I love to see Jack Eichel on the Rangers? Absolutely. But, you know, I, I don't necessarily want to give up too much for him. So it'll be interesting here in the offseason, though, to see kind of the, the rumblings and the rumors and, uh, you know, I kind of kind of see what happens there because, uh, you know, it could be really exciting for the right price to see Jack Eichel uh, on Broadway. Q Sports Talk Twitch.tv chat room. I uh, just got corrected about fishing. I was there was just jokes. Uh, but then again, I incorrectly accused Bob Baffert of doping his horse Medina Spirit in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, and you know what? I was called on that. Hey, how do you know that the horse didn't choose that for himself? Yeah, that is just sitting on the bank drinking a beer. I got corrected on fishing. Yes. I, I know. I know. That's that my bad. They, see, Stay in your lane. They take their fishing very seriously, and we've spurred on this conversation on the Sports Illustrated Show. Well, once again, talking to Spencer Davidson, playing odds makers on ESPN Radio. Letter Putin, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, scored eight goals and a 13-9 victory for his hockey team. Nobody played defense. The question is, would you... If you were on the ice for that, and I mean, come on, you're a I state champion. Like, I feel like Spencer would have hip checked him, no problem. What would you have done? <laughs> well, first, what I would do is I would charter a private jet, have it sitting right outside in the parking lot uh, of the, of the arena, and then yeah, absolutely, I would give him, I would get a hard hit in boards. I'd take the puck away and I'd put the puck in the net and get a little point, and then immediately off the ice, go into the jet, and hopefully. Uh, back in the States before uh, they could be down because... All right, hold on, Spencer. Tries to Vladimir. Hold on, Spencer. Uh, take two steps back to the left. <laughs> right, are we good? Oh, no, take two steps uh, forward. Try that. Uh, two steps forward. Uh, no, 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 steps. No, 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 go back to your original spot and take two steps to the right. <laughs> How about now? That's a little bit better. I think we got gotcha. you. All right, so you're going to hip check Vladimir Putin and then jump on your plane and depart. 
Uh, I'm going to throw another name at you, Tebow. What are the odds you want to talk about him? About Tebow? I'll talk about Tebow. I mean, you know, he's been talked about, I think, enough over the last couple of days, but hey, why not? So what are the odds you'll cherish the puck that you caught last night at the last Vancouver Comets affiliation home game? Uh, What are the odds that you just totally deflected from Tim Tebow because you don't want to talk about him? No, I don't want to talk about him. All right, answer the question about the puck. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think anytime you can get a souvenir at a game, it's it's special. And uh, you know, I was at the first ever home game uh, for the the Utica Comets when they came here in 2013, and so it was a nice way to wrap up the Vancouver era by catching a puck in warmups. Um, yeah, so I definitely I already I already put the tape on it. You know, marked it down as the final home game, marked down the date. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 good. I, I had a fitting ending to the to the Canucks. Uh, affiliation here, and, and I'm ready for the for the future with the Devils. And what are the odds you feel bad for all the UK fans that have to see the Jets take on the Falcons, and then Miami versus Jacksonville? Yeah, it's certainly going to be interesting, uh, especially if you're a casual fan deciding which side to take on this one. But I tell you what, though, the thing I'm I'm most excited for is the fact that, of course, in a, in a, in, in a shocking revelation, the Jets are opening up the season against against uh, Carolina and uh, a guy named Sam Darnold. So, of course, they did it that way. But, uh, no, there's a lot of interesting matchups this year in uh, in, in the NFL. So, it's going to be a fun season, I think. You know, it's funny. We were actually going to ask you about that. What are the odds Sam Darnold throws 300 yards and three touchdowns against the Jets week one? You know it's going to happen. You know Sam Darnold's going to have a breakout game against the Jets. I mean, it's just such a Jets thing to happen. Um, you know, you trade the guy away, and then in game one, he's going to embarrass you uh, right out of the gates. So I'm ready for it. I'm I'm fully mentally prepared for it. It's going to happen, and uh, you know, and then uh, and then what I'll do is I'll I'll tweet something out about how, of course, you know, like the, the Jets get rid of Sam Darnold, and he you know immediately thrashes him, and then Phil Levanko is going to chime in on Twitter and tell me. Stop overreacting. It's one game, and I'm going to say, "Let me have this moment." And then Phil Levanko is going to say something witty, and then that's going to be the end of it. So, uh, yeah, let's let's go. Bring it on, week one. Spencer Davidson playing odds makers with us. It's a Sports Illustrated show on ESPN Radio. So the Giants have Aaron Rodgers, I think, with the Broncos in week one. Is he still going to be with Green Bay? What are the odds the Giants face a Broncos team led by A. A. Ron Rodgers? Yeah, that's that could be a really interesting fit. Um, you know, it's it's tough. I still think it's kind of like forty percent for me because I I think it, it's a tough balance here. But like, really, if you're the Green Bay Packers, regardless of of what the the reports are and everything, I mean, you're going to need something back for for a guy like Aaron Rodgers. So I'm not necessarily sure teams are going to have enough to to give up or, or be willing to give up, but it's going to be interesting to see because you know it, it, it's hard if you're if you're starting quarterback uh, doesn't want to be there. It's 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 going to be hard to have a successful season. So uh, I, I'm interested to see how it goes, um, and uh, I, I I don't know. I just I, right now I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of like one of those things that changes by the day. I mean, you saw with Deshaun Watson, it was like a foregone conclusion he was going to be traded and he was going to be going to the Jets and all that stuff. And then you know, obviously, the the all the legal stuff.
stuff came into play. And, and so that ended all the, the speculation there. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Aaron Rodgers. But I, I still, my gut still tells me he's, he's in Green Bay come the start of the season. 17 games this year, biggest season ever. That's the way they're marketing it with the National Football League. We got way too overexcited for the schedules to come out. It seemed like they were all leaked. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, the Williams, the Bills Mafia gets Pittsburgh and a very old Ben Roethlisberger in week one. Uh, so a couple things on the Bills before I ask you my what are the odds question. Cole Beasley, do you realize is the only player in the NFL with 325 receptions and zero fumbles over the last five seasons? No wonder Stephon Diggs was raving about him the other day. And Josh Allen, remember, he's only 24 Here are some of the records that he already holds for the Bills. And remember, there was a guy named Jim Kelly. It wasn't too bad that was there. Most passing yards in a season, 4,544. Highest completion percentage in a season. Remember when he wasn't accurate before he got way better and improved significantly from year two to year three? 69.2%. Most passing touchdowns in a season at 37. And the highest QBR in one season at 107.2. He will rewrite the record book. That's for sure. So what are the odds that the Bills, who were damn good last year, just demolish Pauly Sebelia from Orange Nation Steelers in week one? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to say 70% for me that I think that they come out of there with a pretty nice win. Uh, I do think that's one of those games that, you know, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers and they're always they're always able to steal a few games in the regular season. So you never know what's going to happen, especially in week one, if, you know, the bills don't come out of the gate, um, you know, on uh, firing on all cylinders, but um, it's going to be an exciting year in Buffalo for sure. Um, I do think that they can start out the year with, with a big win over the Steelers. Um, as for, you know, Cole Beasley, the dude was on my fantasy team last year. So like I was able to see week in and week out what he's able to do. Um, and he's, you know, such an underrated player in the league. He's all reliable for them. So they got a lot of they got a lot of pieces that they're going to be good for years to come and for week one for them. Um, what a way to get it started than, than beating, you know, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who last year won their first 10 games, um, even though I think that that was a little inflated. But um, but yeah, I, I think the Bills could very well walk out of there with a, with a nice week one victory against the black and gold. So what are the odds that you were bummed with the Cowboys-Buccaneers game to start off the season? I wasn't too happy with it. Yeah, that's such a that's such a like a gimmick game, right? To to start out with Tom Brady. No. Yep. Tom Brady and the defending champs going up against quote unquote America's team. And how can it be America's team if most of America hates them? But anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, it just feels like that was going to something like that was going to happen, but I don't know. I'm not like, I'm not too excited for that one. Like that's, that doesn't do it for me. The Dallas Cowboys, they just don't do it for me. So, um, you know, I think that they're just, you know, way, you know, they're, 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 they haven't been relevant enough on the field to be talked about as much as they are. So, um, you know, I, I think that's going to be a cakewalk for, for Brady and the Bucks, especially with that coming off that injury. Spencer, I also wanted to yeah. ask you about uh, the Buccaneers and the Patriots. Patriots hosting Tom Brady again. What are the odds that the fans cheer Brady? What are or the, by the end of the game, will they be booing him because they'll be destroyed? What are the odds you wish you could see the glue guy's face because it pains him to talk about this? 
I can't wait for that game solely because of how much it's going to hurt Patriots fans to see Tom Brady in an opposing jersey on the field against oh, Spencer, them. Spencer, you're breaking uh, up. Oh, sorry. No, I'm not. He, he's trying no, to dump. No, no, finish, finish. You got 30 seconds. Finish. Yeah, no, I'm definitely not breaking up. I'm crystal clear right now. Uh, it's going to be so nice watching Tom Brady wipe the floor with a, the New England Patriots. But, no, look, they're, they're going to cheer the hell out of Tom Brady. There's no way they're going to boo him, especially at the beginning of the game. He's going to get a warm reception. By the end of the game, you know, there might be some sar- sarcastic boos, you know, where fans are like, ah, boo, you know, you're beating us. But uh, it's going to be all love for, for Tom Brady, I think, there and, and, and deserving of the game i think the patriots fans are going to be pretty unhappy with what they see i hope they demolish them i just hope let's go tampa bay buccaneers uh we got to take a break right there so matt can't come oh wait he's got control of the microphones espn radio sports illus show thanks to spencer rick beardsley next we'll go beast mode to talk some across it's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. You know, you used to just ask me questions. Now you talk all the time. I can't even get a word in here anymore. <laughs> Jeez. Here's Rain and Matt. Some news earlier today on Orange Nation with Paulie and Steve is it concerns Rick Beardsley. We call him Beast Mode, stepping down at CBA. We don't really. Listen, we talked yesterday. We decided we were going to call you at 2.30, Rick. We don't really want to delve into this too much. Um, Listen, man, the reasons that you did what you did, I think, are between you and your family, and they're yours. Uh, We want to talk lacrosse with you. I'm going to let you address it off the top since it's the pink elephant in the room. Say what you got to say quick, and then I'd like to move on and scout Georgetown with you. No worries. I I appreciate that. Yep, it was, um, you know, a decision that was made along with my my wife, Tori, and... um, you know, it, it just was the time uh, we yep. felt. Uh, again, thank you to all the people and players and parents at CBA, the administration. I can't say enough about Buddy Waklinski, who's the AD, who has been like a mentor and a dad. I love the guy dearly. And, um, you know, I've been really fortunate to have touched uh, as many, you know, kids, and that sounds terrible, but you know what I mean? And like yes, life, yes. uh, uh you know, moving, I mean, I, I think about after I went through everything I just did, uh, you know, I was talking to a friend and, I, you know, you know, guys, you want to hear a funny one? I, I used to have a couple of guys at Delaware and they know who they are if they're listening. I think one lives in Miami and the other one's in Syracuse. And they used to FaceTime me at three thirty, four in the morning all the time. And, you know, they weren't, they weren't sober, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. And... <laughs> They would FaceTime me. Every, it was religious, and they would, like, people, they'd be with, like, 10 of their teammates. And, you know, I, I guess they realized after I wasn't so bad or maybe my career, other people watched or I coached because they'd be like, that, there's no way that, that your coach was Rick Beardsley, blah, 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 blah. And then I would go on a FaceTime with them, and they'd be bombed, and Tori would be there next to me. We'd start laughing because they'd be so annihilated. They'd be stuttering. It was great. So I think about all the times that I had there and uh, I wish the guys moving forward, um, you know, the best of luck. I had some great players and I have some great young guys that were in the program and uh, uh, my coaching staff of of my boy Kaz, my boy Hollywood and my boy Demo, they all have nicknames, right? They don't even have names, right? And they don't uh, need them. They don't need them. (laughs) They don't. don't. Ten years of that. And you know what's going to suck, guys? I only have CBA clothing. Like – 
Right now, I'm wearing a CDA T-shirt. I got to go get interviewed by Infani for News Channel Nine. I don't have any other T-shirts. I don't have any other, you know, I don't have any other clothes. I got to start getting CNS stuff for Angela. So you got to do something. um, I do, and I and I, I do it for a living. You know what I mean. So yeah. I, maybe I'll order myself something. Maybe I'll maybe I'll, you know what? Maybe I'll get Rainzilla T-shirts. That's what I need. I think the world needs more of those. Rick Beardsley is with us here. It's the Sportsilla Show on ESPN Radio. There's two kinds of people in the world. Okay, there's people that if some a group of people were drunk at ten in the morning and FaceTimed them, and their wife woke up, would be mad. And then there's Rick Beardsley and his wife who go, "Yeah, it was great." That's what I'm talking about. That's the right attitude to have, my friend. Listen, let's take a look yeah. at Georgetown. Let's let's yeah. talk some some lacrosse. I mean, this is what you've dedicated okay. your life to. We, we did this a little yeah. bit with Mario yesterday, uh, but this is a good team. Uh, there's a couple things that jumped out to me. First of all, the number one defense in the country in terms of fewest goal, oh, goals allowed per game at 7.93. And I understand this the all-time series between Georgetown and Syracuse as it pertains to lacrosse. I know, basketball. I know. But it's 17 to 5 in favor of the Orange. So you would expect them to win this. But Georgetown's good this year. Take it from there. Uh, well, Georgetown, like, so there's two things that you got to take into consideration. Georgetown has a blue collar coach in Kevin Warren, who's a Hofstra guy. And he is, hey, seriously, look at those Jets the other day. Like, I sound, that's exactly what he sounds like. He has made Georgetown from that white collar school with the blue-collar mentality, made them light blue-collared, I I like to say. Mm -hmm. Their defense is nasty. They come at you. They take penalties. They don't care. The biggest thing that Georgetown brings to the table is they're like the run of the litter, right? They're the team that comes out intense and angry every single game. And people seem to forget, you're inciting the beast here. You're kind of feeding Georgetown, saying, Cuse has got the easiest go to the Final Four. Right on in. No way. Cuse is a 12 seed, right? They're a 12 seed. G-Town's a five seeds higher. I mean, so I'm telling you right now, if Syracuse doesn't come out ready to go, Georgetown defense is going to punch them square in the face. And by the way, they're mean, they're big, and they're nasty. They win face-offs. Uh, Owen McElroy in goal leads the nation in yep. save percentage. You got T.J. Haley, who just whips the ball around. James Carraway puts it in the back of the net. Uh, take James it. Carraway is unbelievable, just so you know. Jake Carraway yeah. is unbelievable. Take He's a, a first-round draft choice in the PLL. Guys, so think about the matchups that have given Syracuse fits. It's teams with a star attackman. Teams with a big-time number one, right? Michael Sowers, Chris Gray, okay? Now you had Ryan Smith from RMU at seven goals from Robert Morris, right? So Syracuse has to take their number one and see if their number one's better. And Jake Carraway, boys, is the real deal. He's capable of scoring six to seven goals in this first-round matchup for sure. So how does Syracuse counteract that beyond just number one versus number one? You need that depth to win a game. I think it, I think Syracuse has to come in very differently than they come into every game, it seems, this year. They have to come in matching intensity. So that coaching staff at Syracuse has to look across and read how intense that G-Town team is. Is that team ready to go? Are they firing on all cylinders? And they have to find a way to put that in. I was asked a question earlier today, 
what does Syracuse do to, to, to have good playoff runs? And it was simple. Coach Simmons believed in turning the intensity up. Now, you guys are hockey guys, right? So it's like playoff hockey. Remember all the commercials? Playoff hockey gets ridiculous, yes. right? It becomes intense. You get the playoff beard. You get the guys starting fights. Like, that used to be the week off of practice at Syracuse. We would have fights. We would have – we would play – they would put together a local team. You know, I, I'm going to mention a guy, Tommy Rosa, Max Rosa's dad, who was an All-American at Hobart. He runs a, 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 a vision business here in town. Tommy Rosa, one of the meanest, most intense guys I ever played against, the dad, we would play a team of, like, guys who were in their 20s and 30s, and we would get in fights in the game because Coach wanted us to get, like, mugged up and thugged up by adults. So we were into that mode, right, going into the playoffs. And that's what Georgetown brings. Now, Syracuse has to be able to match that intensity. And I, I think the only way they do that is they got to turn up practices. they got to turn up the intensity. And also, big thing is, one thing we used to get at playoffs, boys, which was the ace in the hole that the Cuse had, was Roy Simmons Sr., the old, old man. He used to come and give us the pregame speeches. And after his game pregame speeches, boys, I would try to bite my locker. Yeah. All right? Yeah. He, he would come in. They need Coach Simmons Jr. now to come on in. Like, I'm getting intense, guys. I'm getting fired up right now. I'm sure people listening are getting fired up. Beast but like, mode. You bring in Coach Simmons Jr. You bring in Coach Simmons Jr. That guy can take you from being just normal to being like you want to tear people's faces off. And if they get him, if John Desco's smart, he has. Hey, coach, can you come on down and give the boys what they need? Yeah, and if they do, Syracuse can match the intensity. Syracuse will come out and play one hell of a game. We got about a minute left with you. Rick Beardsley is with us here on the Sports Hill Show on ESPN Radio. We just want to get your observations on LeMoyne. Yeah, Rick, we wanted to ask you about the LeMoyne's yeah. women's lax team uh, being gypped and not getting a part in the tournament. I wanted you to break that down. Yeah, simple. From what I'm, my understanding is, number one, that's absolute bull. I'll, I'll, I'll call it where it is, but that's bull, okay? Number one, uh, you lose one time in three years and you don't get in. You don't even get that type of levity. Uh, and number two, they lost one game to a number eight, which Adelphi, you know, is a great team. Run by Pat McCabe, former, former uh, All-American at Syracuse, probably the greatest defenseman that we've ever had. And so it ha- I think it had to do with, you know, the strength of schedule. Um, that's the only thing that you can point to was their strength of schedule and quality wins. And the Division Two ranks, guys, it has to change. You need more. You need more teams. You need to go to a 32-team model, right, or a 16-team model. You got to give. There's just too many good teams nowadays. You have to remember, there's an overflow now of great lacrosse players that was in Division One, right? Because there's so many kids playing that there's a great overflow now. So a lot of these D1 teams, there's D1 kids on them. They're not D2 anymore, right? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, yeah. D2 teams have the overflow. So, that's guys, that's what happened. It was strength of scheduling is what happens with your RPI, and, and LeMoyne got screwed. And Liz Bevel should be upset. The administration at LeMoyne should be upset. 
And you know what, Coach Bevel, keep your chin up because your girls deserve a lot yeah, more than they got. Absolutely, and they've handled it well under the circumstances for sure. Truly snubbed. Rick Beersley, thanks for joining us, man. We always love going beast mode with you. The Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio. Pause right here. You're killing me, Smalls. Next. The Sportzilla Show. Oh, yeah. Bringing the central New York sports fan together. You're supposed to wear your mask all over your nose. I'm not going to, so quit asking. Can everyone hear me okay? You're killing me, Smalls. It's the Sportzilla Show with Rain and Matt on twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk and ESPN Radio. Well, for Pete's sake, here we go again. You know, I'd like to I'd like to air grievances about those that leak the NFL schedule, which we will talk about in hour number two, which is fast approaching here on the Sportzilla Show. I'm like, no, I kind of appreciate that. I didn't have to sit through the whole thing. I'm like, oh, there's yeah, my Giants. There's the schedule. Oh, look, there's another schedule. Okay, there's the schedule. Yeah, the leaks that I saw at 10 a.m. yesterday exactly matched up with what the actual schedule was. So I was like, okay, so I already knew everything that I needed to. Yeah, it's like you look at some of the different matchups, and you know, Mike McAllister is going to be on with us tomorrow, and he took a look at where any former Syracuse players are playing, and specifically in primetime, looking at like Thanksgiving, uh, Thursday night football, uh, Saturday nights, of course, uh, a few games that happens, and then uh, Sunday night football and Monday night football, and even those London games. But we're going to talk to him about that tomorrow. But I'm like, okay, now I've I've got all that. I'll obsess about it for a couple of days, and then I'm going to forget about it for a while. And then when it gets closer to the season, I'm going to start looking at it again. And and really, what are you going to focus on? The week one matchups off the bat. Well, you have to. Right? You have to. You have to go around to Cincinnati. Uh, Even the players do that. Uh, A lot of players got asked before the schedule release, what do you look forward to? Well, the first week. Because then everything else comes into play. I told you yesterday I want them to demolish the Cowboys and the Eagles because they went on a date and they made a trade and they screwed the Giants out of getting Devontae Smith. Also another question and something I have to address with Mike McAllister tomorrow. So what are my grievances, my sports grievances for today? Uh, First of all, I'm going to start with the trop and the catwalks. And it should be a foul ball. John Sterling said that. We'll discuss this more. It'll be part of the conversation with the Yankees on deck at 6 o'clock tonight. Don't forget about that right here on ESPN Radio all across central New York. But it is just... Can you argue with your alter egos it's about not, that? It's not suitable for baseball. I would love to have you be John and Susan and argue about it. Uh, it's, your voice will be gone, so it, don't. It's a dump. I just... No, I agree with you, John. It's terrible. I can't understand why they don't call it a double when it hits one of those awful catwalks. It's just not a great place for a baseball game. Major League Baseball's got to do something Your about Your voice this. is going to be shot. Well, Tampa's got to approve the new stadium in downtown, but that's baseball, so we have to deal with it right now. It's an abomination to the game. It should not be a place that holds a baseball game on this level. It's terrible. Clint Frazier in the Zoom earlier uh, was basically saying how when they play in Tampa— he feels like it's a Yankees home game. So that's the one positive of, of the area. Okay. But I'm sure they would all rather sit in a more suitable baseball stadium to watch a game. Because even people down there think it's a dump. It's not in the greatest neighborhood either. It's ugly. Uh, are the tickets at least cheap? It's, yeah. They practically give them away. So there you go. They can't even sell out playoff games. That's how bad it is down there. There's other things to do. There's beaches. Just like the Miami Marlins. You're a couple minutes away from St. Pete Beach, one of the most beautiful beaches in the Gulf of Mexico in the world. And your stadium is terrible. It, I mean, it's horrendous. That's why this, you know, you're killing me, Smalls. Pop culture reference from the Sandlot is really appropriate. You're killing me, Smalls. And the one last thing is lemon soap. Um, if I could. So the glue guy went out and we ran out of soap in the bathrooms. He took it upon himself. I don't know where you went. 
but he comes in with these two really good smelling soaps because I'm like at one point I had to tell Mrs. Rain, don't don't you you bought lemon dish yeah, soap? Yeah, lemon soap's no good. And the smell on my hands, it kind of stings a little bit. I, I don't know if it was maybe just me. Yeah, probably just you. But I'm like. I just don't like it. So I just wanted to compliment you on the two different choices that we have. I got you. I did it just for you. And now everybody knows when I go to the potty, I wash my hands. I'm, I was trained right, I guess. Good, good. Uh, so uh, lemon soap. You're killing me, Smalls. Up next, Jack Perrin from Last Word on Sports. We'll talk a little bit of NBA, obviously more on the NFL schedules. And then Mark Larson at 315 to join us on ESPN Radio. Now, it's the Sportszilla Show. The New England Patriots cheat. <laughs> Told ya. <laughs> I love cheating. Whoops. The Sportszilla Show from 2 to 4 with Rain and Matt. If you're ready to talk, I'm ready to listen. On ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. Any luck uh, hooking up with Jack? No. Jack Perrin from Last Word on Sports was going to join us to talk some NBA. If he calls in at any point, obviously, we'll bring him onto the airwaves. I told him not to uh, worry about it because all you wanted to do was talk about your Knicks. You did not. Did you text him? No. Oh, okay. Hold on. He is in a meeting right now. He inadvertently, I'm literally getting <laughs> in this a text meeting, back. can't talk. Oh, I'm so sorry. He goes, you know what? I put it in. He agreed to, so I said, he's obviously an hour behind. So, I, you know, I said uh, three Three o'clock our time, two o'clock your time, Thursday. He said, yep. And then he goes, oh, no, I calendared it in for tomorrow. I'm in a meeting right now that I can't drop. Ah, okay. So there you go. We spare him uh, the Knicks conversation. They backdoored in because of your Celtics, who have lost eight of ten. Lost against the Cavs of all teams. Is it Jalen Brown being gone? I I think that... I just think the team is uh, bad this year. Yeah, there's some issues with your Celtics for sure. I'm not quite sure if I want to bury you with some audio when we get to sound check in a little bit. There's not not... much uh, veteran leadership on the team, and I think that's what the team's lacking. Have they checked out? Uh... Possibly it's fatigue. You know, I feel like a lot of the teams that went deep in the playoffs last year, you have to remember, they didn't get much of a break in between. So all the teams feel like they're gassed at this point in the season. What about Gordon Hayward leaving? Did that did that affect them? Uh, Hayward leaving. I feel like Al Horford being traded as well. I think all those things hurt. Lakers-Warriors play-in game? I can't wait. I don't know if it's the worst thing in the world for the Lakers to be in a playing game. I mean, I think they have to lose two to be knocked out, right? Uh, that's correct. And LeBron it took another game off yesterday. He's going to be healthy, one would assume. Is he all in this year? Uh, Is that, he not wanting to play under these circles? Like, he was expecting to be like a one or a two seed when it was all said and done, right? Uh, yeah, but I, I feel like that factors in what I was just saying about the Celtics and being gassed. Maybe he's just fatigued from... Last season's deep run, and now obviously this season been a long season. Playing tournaments start on the 18th, so that's five days. Yep. Right, and then the playoffs themselves start on the 22nd. The Bulls got to win out the winner, uh, and the Wizards have to lose for them to get in. Yep. For them to get in, uh, Levine Zach Levine had another 40 point game for them. Is it Levine or is it Levine? It's Levine. It's, that's what I thought. it's Zach Levine. I'm pretty sure. That's what I thought, but... Wait, Twitch, where are you? Q Sports Talk. Anybody know the answer? I, I've heard it both ways. A thousand percent, I think it's Zach Levine. Okay. I really Good do. Know. I'm pretty sure. Man, I just think it's great that your Celtics are struggling and the Knicks clinched a playoff berth. Ha. Oh, man. His mic just uh, all of a sudden went dead. I don't know what happened. Ha. Rain, are you there? Ha. Okay. Do they have a chance to do some damage? Could they win a couple of rounds? Who's that, the Celtics? No, the Knicks. Oh, n- No. You, you really don't think they can win around? No, they'll the get swept. Is that your bias because you're salty? 
uh, perhaps. You never want to cooperate with anything to do with the Knicks. You're mad uh, because your I Celtics say have I lost eight out of ten. I cooperate with your Knicks. I feel like I cooperate quite a bit you put about up your with Knicks. It. You put up with it. Well, this is New York State, and I think there's more Knicks fans around than Celtics fans, but that's just me. And I understand that. Uh, we're not able to have the NBA conversation we were looking forward to having with Jack Perrin. Um, I'm going to see if I can reschedule him for him for tomorrow so we can... Well, since he's already gotten in, in a schedule, why not? Yeah, I think we're going to have to do that. We'll, we'll make sure we figure out the timing of that. Uh, but, yeah, that means you're going to have to talk about the Knicks a little bit with me tomorrow. And where's my Alan Hahn interview? Hmm. Uh, I, I tried, but, you know, he's been filling in on the morning show with uh, KJZ, with Zubin Mahente being out. So we'll give him a I, pass. I feel like he's a little bit more uh, preoccupied than dealing with us. So when Barton Hahn resumes, we'll revisit that? Maybe. All right, you better hook me up. You know, talking about the NBA, Brian Windhorst, a piece of audio that I had, sound check officially at 3.30, but I can bring a few extras in here right now because it kind of plays into the NBA conversation. Are we ever going to see the unlikable Nets fully healthy? The big three on the court. I mean, come on. KD looked good last night, by the way. Oh, yes, he did. He really did. He's a fragile player. I mean, I'm not trying to insult him, but if you look at his career, he his bones crack. You know, he's had some hand injuries. He's had some facial uh, breaks before. Blows that blows to him cause broken bones and cracked bones and injuries that other players don't. So when you have Kyrie on your team, you're just going to know that he's going to be a little fragile. And so having him as your as your lead player is challenging, as the Celtics figured out. But if you've got Durant and Harden also there, and I know Harden's been out, but you know if you go look at his last five years, the guy usually never misses games. So you just have to hope that you have them together. And their their incredible advantage is that they've got so much firepower uh, and redundancy and a margin for error that even if all three of them are healthy and one of them just has a bad game, Mm -hmm. you know, Harden goes three of 17, Kyrie goes four of 20, that they can survive a playoff game because of all of that firepower, which is, you know, what what guys like Jay have been talking about since the day they made the trade. You willing to talk about the Nets? Uh, Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, I feel like he's 100% accurate being Brian Windhorst about Kyrie Irving Obviously, uh, he's had a lot of uh, health issues in the past, talking about uh, the facial uh, surgery, where he had to wear the mask quite a few times with the Celtics and the Cavs. I remember. And uh, you think the team will be healthy in the playoffs? Because I'm not sure. Maybe you'll see him for one or two games, but I don't think you'll see the big three for very many games. You know, when we officially get to soundcheck, I actually have something from Greeny about load management in the NBA. But you know what? I've got a lot on the NFL, so why don't I just share that with you right now? Because it kind of plays into the situation. Are you going to see a situation since they've been dealing with Harden and obviously KD and you know about Kyrie? There might be a situation if they're in some hard-fought series and as you get deeper into the intensity of the playoffs... Hmm, very interesting. Could you Allow s- me to be the one who has to say it. Nothing is more important. Nothing is more important than playing a game. You have a game. Don't tell me to care about your games if you're telling me you don't. Don't tell me I should get excited about these games if you're telling me you don't. You're not excited. It's more important to raise the banner. Anyone can raise the banner. We came to watch a game. We came to watch you play. You're the best player. Now, again, I don't like doing this when it comes to LeBron because LeBron traditionally has not load managed. And I get it. It's an unusual season. But at the end of the day, it is just a perfect microcosm of what has gone wrong here. The players have decided the regular season doesn't matter. 
And for all of the hand-wringing and consternation about what's wrong with going on in the NBA, why are all this and that happening, that's why. Yeah, you don't see load management in the NFL, for example, and that's even more physical and violent than the NBA. What if you... What if but there's up, a lot less games, though. What if you're up 2 nothing, or what if you're up 3-1 and you got a few lingering bumps and bruises, you're a little bit sore if you're one of those guys, or, you know, pick another player on another team because it happens everywhere and across the NBA, and you just you just take the guy out of the game. You just, you know, let's see if we can do it and win today, and if not, we got him bring, bring him back in two days. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Do you feel like we're going to see load management in the playoffs? That's, I just feel like it's mind-boggling if you do. I, that's crunch time. That's when you need all of your best players on the court at the same time. I feel like it's a possibility. And oh, I, for sure. And I don't want to feel like it's a possibility. This is the Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio. Uh, we have Mark Larson from Spectrum Sports in just a couple of minutes. Um, I know you want to take the break to get ready for him, but I have one extra piece of audio that I save specifically for you. Oh, man. And it has to do with your boy Tom Brady. This was Keyshawn. And he said he could play until he was 50. We kind of joked about that yesterday. I do think he could possibly pull it off. I'm clear to say he could play another three. I said that last year mm-hmm. during the season. Like, he's got at least another three years he's left 47. in him. Yeah. He's got at least another three in him. But he doesn't look, he doesn't look his age, right? Like, he physically... Well, it's not, it's he, not even his age, right? The problem with like Tom... Like, why A. Tittle looked old at the end? Yeah, but Tom Brady's not going anywhere, right? Yeah. He's, he's staying right between the hashes, <laughs> and that's it. Good point. As long as you keep him clean, he can spit it out with the best of them right now. He plays longer than Belichick ends up coaching and winning. Wow. Could and you, you keep imagine? losing in Boston. Ha! Oh, one season. Anything to say about that? Uh, just one season, that's all. Could he play to 50? Uh, yeah, I feel like he definitely could. Oh, it's a weird thing that for some reason, if there's anybody that can, Again, it's him. Again, he, he uh, apparently is not going to lose to Father Time, and it mind boggles me. He's the only one ever that that's not going to catch up with. And that's why you have to side with Belichick, because obviously Father Time gets every athlete. It's just a matter of time, and it seems like with Brady, it's not. He is a freak of nature. Mark Larson, sports director from Spectrum, is up with us next. Mark Larson's not a freak of nature. I was, you know, referring to Tom Brady. Maybe he is. This is ESPN Radio. We'll be right back. Get it cracking, man. Let's go. Snoop Dogg in the house. Let me see some. Drop the sticks, man. Let's get cracking, man, to the middle of the ring. Let's go. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Here's Rain and Matt. Spectrum Sports Director Mark Larson on the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line with us right now. Uh, usually we do this on Wednesdays. We've moved it around a couple of times, but there's a great reason for that. So brag on your daughter a little bit. You got to see her graduate yesterday, Mark. Tell everybody. Oh, yeah. Thank you, boys. Nice to be with you. Um, yes, uh, my daughter graduated in five years uh, from UConn with a master's degree. So uh, it was a uh, a one-year master's program because she took some classes while she was a senior. So she's just a highly accomplished kid. Oh, my gosh. Her first semester, she got a 3.925 and was was PO'd. And uh, every semester after that was 4.0. Uh, this kid is uh, uh, incredible. Her, her grade point probably doubled mine. Uh, most every semester. <laughs> so, uh, she, uh, and now she's got a master's degree and she's got a job already. No surprise with her academic record uh, out in Cambridge, which she starts next month. So, um, 
very happy and proud of her and um, her brother's got a tough act to follow my my son actually turns 18 today I, there's no chance he's listening but if it by it happens to be like scrolling around and finds this happy birthday Augie uh, he turns 18 so um, yeah he's uh, he's graduating high school and now he's off to college uh, down in Tampa so he's going to um, he's going to have a tough act to follow but he's He's a hard-working kid, and he's driven, so well, we'll see. you take your vacations in the wintertime around central New York, and it would suck to have to go down to Tampa and hang out on one of the beaches. <laughs> yeah. Just no stay out of the kidding. trop yep. if it's a Yankees or, a, uh, well, you don't like baseball, but stay out of the trop. It's a dump. <laughs> the catwalks are do terrible. They allow, do they allow 50-year-olds in dorms? That's that's what I'm going to try to find out and crash on the floor. <laughs> uh, my, my children also are far academically superior, and probably in every way superior to me. We have some in common. Mark Larson's here with us on ESPN Radio. Uh, we're, we're, you want to get the food of the day and get that out of the way? Because I got some some stuff I want to ask sports related, believe it or not, glue guy. What do you think? Uh, Mark, yeah, we asked you before we jumped on the air about the food of the day, and I brought up smoothies, and you had one option. Well, you know, um, I, I like to let the people know that we don't just talk about food that's bad for you. So, um, yeah, you know, Smoothie King, you can't go wrong with anything there. But let me tell you something about homemade smoothies. And I was thinking about it. Um, you know, you can't, you can make your uh, homemade smoothie as healthy as you want it to be. I mean, I used to just be the berries and yogurt and, and uh, bananas and you know milk and whatever. But you know what? You can cut up zucchini. My girlfriend showed me this trick. You can cut up zucchini and throw it in there with the other stuff. And you never know it's there. You can. So I've fooled my son several times with things like this. Just give him a smoothie and it, it's all mixed up and it looks, you know, purple or whatever, like berries. And he drinks it down. It's great. You know what? Well, there was peony in there. There was spinach in there. He had no idea. That's a great idea. Yeah, I never thought about that before. But then again, if you look at my dad bod through the twitch.tv uh, Zoom cameras, <laughs> accused sports talk, you realize it's definitely not something I'm He's consuming. Never thought of that. Yeah. I've tried to start eating a little bit of yogurt lately, um, but other than that, I just, yeah, I got to do better. I clearly have to do I better. I hope you're going Greek. I hope you're going Greek yogurt. I mean, there's no sense putting any yogurt in your mouth. It is. Unless it's Greek. 100%. Of all the protein and, yep, yep. Good. So, I listen. A spear, I like to, is really good. I listen to Mrs. Rain. Yep. That's what she, that she's like, we're getting the Greek yogurt. She likes it too. Mm-hmm. I feel, I feel so better. So apparently we did it wrong by going with smoothies. We should have just gone with yogurt. Greek yogurt. Uh, well, we kind of, we kind of veered into yogurt. Yeah. Because you put yogurt in smoothies. Well, so. y- you have to assume, uh, you know, athletes like Tiana Mangakaya is eating healthy. Uh, that's one thing athletes do when they work out on a regular basis. She's moving back home to Australia after being, well, not drafted and then signed with Phoenix, but they cut her. Uh, they waived her. She's going to go back and kind of figure things out and see some family. Just an observation from Tiana and what's happened with her. Oh, my gosh. You know, obviously we're, we're thrilled for any good things that come to Tiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has been just a delight um, to, to cover since she got here. Uh, I, I'm sure you've seen her on Zoom interviews before where – she just lights up the whole room with that smile and uh, her personality. So, you know, everything she's gone through, um, she apparently had a great experience with Phoenix, didn't make the team, but, but got to meet, you know, these uh, all-time great players and, and the coach and had a great experience there. And now she gets to go home to Australia. I mean, what's better than going home to play professional sports, uh, you know, in her home country, near 
her family. I'm assuming, uh, obviously, Australia is a huge, <laughs> it's a continent. I've never been there, but so I don't know how close it is to her actual home, but um, it's certainly not a 15 hour plane ride away. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think uh, it's all working out great for her. Um, I think she's going to be very happy doing what she's doing over there. She can influence so many young Australian girls over there with, with everything that. You know, she's been through and she could talk about and she's got that personality. So, yeah, I I hope we're able to keep tabs on her. You know, it's weird, though. Like in Australia, it's getting colder now, right? It's not getting warmer. So think about that. It's like they're going in toward winter, winter now. She's used to it <laughs> yeah, up definitely. here for yeah. sure. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Glue Guy. So we wanted to talk to you about Brianna Stewart, who signed a shoe deal with Puma uh, and she's only like the ninth or 10th woman in the WNBA's 25 year history to have a signature shoe. Whereas in the NBA this season, 18 guys have their own signature shoes. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, can her life get any better? I know That's, every time I hear something, I'm like, okay, great. She just got engaged. Okay. Yeah. She won another MVP. Oh, she's the number one ranked player in the WNBA. No kidding. Oh, she got a shoe deal now. I mean, and how old is she? You guys know how old she is? 26. Yeah, 26. 26. I mean, when I was 26, you know, I'm like living in a crappy uh, apartment, you know, barely making ends meet. I was probably making, I don't know, $18,000, $19,000 a year. Um, you know, just happy when I had a Friday night and I could go have a and old Milwaukee with my buddies, and, and she has just like conquered the world, like literally. Yeah, the so, uh, yeah. The resume is spectacular, hyperbole, hyperbole, <laughs> hyperbole. And yeah, I'm just a few years behind you, Mark. So I, I feel you. I look at her and I'm like, wow, you've done a lot with your life, and I've lived a lot more of it for sure. Uh, Jim, like Bay- they, they could give her a lifetime achievement award now. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Right? She could write like That's a mem- like a lifetime memoir yeah. right now, and it buries anybody's. Uh, listen, yeah, yeah. Jim Beheim has had a couple of Zooms with Arthur Kaluma, and I'm sure you've had a chance to catch up with that, even though uh, you did have a UConn graduation, speaking of Brianna Stewart and UConn. Uh, but listen, is he a replacement for Quincy? Because Quincy's now down to his final four, as you know, if he transfers and doesn't go pro. Arizona State, Illinois, Memphis, and Oregon are in the equation. So I guess basically, you know, it's kind of a two-parter. Dissect that whole situation for me. Yeah, 6'8", 225. Um, you know, he sounds like he's about the same size. Uh, and uh, so, I, you know, I don't know. I guess, you know, when you look at the other schools he's considering – uh, Arizona, Creighton, Washington, those kind of jump out, and then Western Kentucky. So um, you'd like to have uh, all, like, blue blood schools in there. I don't know why Western Kentucky's in there, but uh, anyway, maybe he likes the coach. But, uh, yeah, he looks the part. Uh, size-wise, he seems like it. And, and he is, you know, while Quincy grew up playing in, you know, Canada for the most part, these kids played around uh, – you know, the country, uh, our country. So um, maybe he's a more uh, physical guy. I, I think it's funny, yeah. It's, Quincy always, I think, we wanted him to be physical, but he wanted to shoot that three. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, you're going to miss Quincy's experience. I think I think he could have been a dominant player next year, and, and I think Arthur's probably not quite that close to being that, but, but who knows, you know. Uh, it is uh, – it is the age of youngsters, and, and 
who am I to say that he can't come in and dominate? You know, it's funny. They're looking to make up Quincy's production with uh, chipping a little bit off of a, a few different players that are going to be in the mix this year. Very interesting. This has been the weirdest season off season and next season, I think, is going to yeah. carry on uh, some serious adjustments within the Syracuse basketball program. But you and know, to your point, Rain, oh, I, I feel like we're going to see a deeper bench this season. You might have to. I think maybe Jim is, is going to adjust. Maybe he's listen. Everybody talks about his age. When is he going to retire? How long does he stay after his boys are gone? And you know, the narrative that he he's doing this and blew up the team because he wants to coach his sons. He's trying to put the best team on the floor as as he possibly oh, yeah. can. And I still believe in Jim. He knows more about basketball. He's forgotten more about basketball than any of us will ever know. Any last comment on that? Yeah, I mean, no doubt that he uh, he's going to have to adjust, but everybody's going to have to mm-hmm. adjust. You know, like Syracuse is not the only program that's been uh, completely turned over. I mean, it, and this is going to happen every year, I feel like. Uh, so I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I, you know... I'm the old school. I like to see guys spend three, four years at a college and kind of work, work their way up and earn their spot. You know, this is why I like Wisconsin, um, my <laughs> school, because this is what guys do. They don't go there for a year or two and leave. And I hope I hope it doesn't become that everywhere. You know, some schools hopefully will hold out and, and be more old school. But, um, you know, he is a Hall of Famer. He's won a lot of darn games. So. I'm sure he'll figure something out. This is the sports director for Spectrum, Mark Larson, on the Sports Illustrated Show with us here on ESPN Radio. Here's the last question I'll ask. It is not food-related. Uh, it pertains to, mm. I'm just going to say one word to you, okay? And mm. you feel free to respond, and the glue guy is going to roll his eyes at me when I say this, but Tim Tebow signing with Jacksonville. <laughs> we know Andre Sisko is going there. Uh, you've seen the reaction over the last few days. He is extremely polarizing We've got to get your opinion. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, exactly. Obviously, yeah, Irving's there, so yeah, he's he's going to find a spot for him. Um, you know, if I'm one of those other tight ends, I'm thinking, are you serious, Tebow? You know, like you first you've taken baseball guys' jobs away, and now you're going to take one. I don't know. I I never met the guy in person. He always seems he always seems too good to be true. I keep waiting for something to come out. On Tebow, you know, like it, I feel like 10, 15 years from now, there's going to be a, a Netflix show called Tebow and it's going to, it's going to be all this great stuff. And then the last episode is going to drop the hammer. It's almost, so, it's almost like his reputation is so pristine. You're like, wait, when does like the Tiger Woods scandal come out? You know what I mean? Yeah, we were all like, Oh my God. And then I know with Tim, I know. It's, and I hate to be so pessimistic. I hate to be such a, what? Not a pessimist, a, a, cynic, a cynical. I hate to be so cynical, um, but I just can't. Yeah, I mean, you know, somebody can't be that good, can they? He reminds us how awful we all can be at times in our life, and just, <laughs> hey, I missed, I made a mistake, and I'm trying to be better. That's not the case with Tebow. He's always better. Mark, thanks, man. Yeah. We we appreciate talking to you. Uh, we'll figure out Pleasure. something for next week. Uh, Spectrum Sports Sounds Director good. Mark Larson, ESPN Radio Sportszilla Show. We have sound check next. It's the Sportszilla Show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Listen to this. Mic check. Okay? Good. Here's your sports sound check. I'll give you some sound. A quote from the glue guy. You've talked about the trop and the catwalks ad nauseum today. Red Rob said in the Twitch chat, Q Sports Talk, the Sunshine State should not have an indoor stadium. That's yeah, and, fair. It, and it definitely shouldn't be the trop. I mean, at least have a good one. That place is terrible. Wah, wah. It's horrible. 
It really is. I'm sorry. I'm done. I won't talk about it anymore. I don't have any sound or sound check pertaining uh, to You won't that. talk about it during this show anymore. Well, we have to talk about it with the Yankees on deck. Exactly. I mean, it's, an, it's a show about the Yankees. Six o'clock tonight, Matt Page, the glue guy, and I, Rain Man, return for Yankees on deck all across central New York here on ESPN Radio. Uh, but let's going to take a good look at, you know, the NFL schedules out and some thoughts on the NFL and some sound from the NFL. Uh, but I did want to bring in Bob Costas. Bob Costas was on with Greeny a little bit earlier. And since we're talking about Major League Baseball, um, they asked him about analytics. And, and I mean, Bob's probably got a little bit more of an old school philosophy about it. We know how much he loves baseball. He's a Yankees fan, by the way, and an alum of, I'm sorry, where did he go to college? Uh, was it Syracuse? Yeah, he went to Syracuse. Yeah. Analytics have had some negative impact on baseball. I, I do agree in some senses. Theo Epstein is now working in the commissioner's office, and part of his job is to rein in the monster he helped to create. Mm-hmm. And I'm not being critical of him when I say that. Uh, he broke long droughts in both Boston and in Chicago. He's going to go in the Hall of Fame as one of the best executives of his time. But even he concedes that some of what analytics brought about that might have provided a competitive edge is bad for baseball as an entertainment product. So even if our attentions are temporarily elsewhere, uh, that doesn't mean that people are turning their back on a problem that has built over time and that they have to experiment with various ways, at least toss around ideas to address. So what do you think? Is he onto something? Uh, very well might be. Yeah, he very well might be. All... As you talk about coaches, Bob Costas knows a lot more than you or I do. He he does. I, I think he's right. Uh, there's certain aspects of it that are good. There's certain aspects of it are bad. In the Zoom call earlier with Clint, he was he was kind of like, sometimes it's just frustrating. Uh, Clint Frazier of the New York Yankees Zoom call earlier. Sorry, uh, let me give full context to anybody that didn't hear when I had mentioned that. Yes, with a humble brag at the beginning of the Sportsilla show, that was fun to be a part of. But yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's a... Not quite 27. He's approaching his 27th birthday. He talked about that. He's like, wow, how am I almost already 27? And then he was asked about how he feels about analytics and the shifts and things like that. And that was his response. It is frustrating at times when you see three guys on one side and you it gets in your head a little bit. I mean, you saw five infielders the other day against the Yankees. If you remember, Glaber hit, yes, yeah. hit the dribbler yep. for the walk-off. I think it was against the Nationals, if memory serves. But which teams are going to be good over the next 10 years, and I appreciate Bob Costas' observation. Despite their recent troubles, you look at the Dodgers roster, they're going to be there for uh, the rest of this year. At some point, they're going to get it back on track, uh, and they have so much quality on their roster now, and they have the resources, and they have the market. So over the next 10 years, will the Yankees and Dodgers frequently, if not always, contend? I would think so. Um, maybe the team of right now, rather than the future, is on the other side of Chicago, on the south side. Mm-hmm. The White Sox have all kinds of talent, most of it young. The Padres in the National League probably fit that description. So maybe the White Sox and the Padres, one in each league. So there you go. That's who should be good over the next decade. Could well, the Mets be part of that conversation if Steve Cohn holds to his uh, words before buying the team? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, this is the first year. I think they have to prove that and sustain that for a couple of seasons, but they're on the right track. Jacob DeGrom pitches well for as long as he intends to. you got an anchor on your pitching staff. Maybe they can get some offense when Jacob DeGrom pitches. What do we got? About seven in a row for the Mets right now. They're first place in the National League East. Not bad. Uh, the Yankees are creeping up on the Red Sox, but we'll switch to football here on Soundcheck on the Sports Illustrated with ESPN Radio. 
This is what Mike Holmgren said uh, yesterday about the Packers and how they have to try and fix this issue that they have with a guy named A.A. Ron Rogers. It is a different game right now. So if you're going to pick sides, a player signs a contract for a lot of money for five years. In his second year, he's unhappy and says, I don't want to be here anymore. Well, you go, wait a second. Now you got to sign a five, you know, you got a five-year deal. You got all this money. How are we going to fix this? And that's what I would try and do is fix it if you have the power. Now, in the, with the setup there, uh, you know, <clears throat> I don't know how they're doing it now in Green Bay. I don't know who gets the final say. I don't know that. They have a young coach who's a very good coach. And uh, I know if I was coaching, I'd go in the office and say, I got to keep him happy and I got I want him. He's not going to know. And if we get another young quarterback down the road, fine. But this is the guy we got to make sure is feeling good about things. And he is not feeling good about things right now. They can't do anything for just over two weeks till June 1st if they end up trading him. But I'm bringing in Amon Green next, former Packers running back. I'm sure you remember him. He said, and the reason I just played you Mike Holmgren's comments is because he said he agrees with him. Definitely agree. Uh, it's something where it's just an older respect because a player like Aaron Rodgers and players like Aaron Rodgers, when they go to a, a, a franchise and produce and produce year over year, and obviously for this amount of time, he's gained that respect. And for me, the disrespect started with Jordy Nelson, not notifying him or just saying, hey, we might have to move Jordy. You know, we might have to move Jordy because of financials or health reasons or whatever, just letting you know out of respect. And the same thing should have happened with Jordan Love being drafted last year, just saying, hey, you know what? We going to draft a quarterback, just letting you know, just so you know, because you've done a lot for this team, for this organization, fans love you, whatever. Um, but you got to have that conversation with a guy like that. Why? Because he's a leader on that team. And like Mike Holmgren said, he's a majority of that offense and the majority of the reason why you're winning games. It's Devontae Adams, not Devontae Smith, but Devontae Adams who says, you know what, I'd have to think about getting out of here too if Aaron leaves. I mean, does he retire? And it affects free agency. Do other players, playmakers, want to go play wherever Aaron Rodgers ends up? Of course, it shifts the power. If you're the Packers right now, you should be going after Julio Jones or someone who is available to get Aaron Rodgers some more weapons to make him happy. Yeah, if you're a receiver and you got to think about where you want to play and you have that option of choosing, going to catch footballs thrown by Aaron Rodgers is very enticing to you. Where were they last year with DeAndre Hopkins Yeah, when he was available? Yeah. You could have definitely given up a second-round pick to go out and get him. And then, of course, there's a counter-argument that uh, – you know, Tom Brady won all these Super Bowls and he's only won one, um, both in a similar situation with not many weapons over the years. I mean, there's a couple of anomalies within there with a guy named Randy Moss, for example. But never won a Super Bowl. Uh, right. So it's very interesting. Amon Green in the subject of former Packers running back, by the way, uh, could Aaron Rodgers retire, as I had just mentioned? If it came down to it, do you think Aaron Rodgers would retire if the Packers didn't want him? No, no, no. No, he is a competitor right now. He still, he knows he has years to play. So no, in my gut, no, definitely not retirement. It's either one or two options. He either here, he's either Packer in the fall or he's on another team in the fall. You know, a guy named Steve Levy. Yeah. A guy went to Oswego, of course, Monday Night Football's voice now. Monday Night Football game he is most excited about now that the NFL schedules have been released. So there's no week one doubleheader. So we've sort of traded that in. We're going to get a Week 18 doubleheader flex game, and we're guaranteed. I mean, the league is guaranteed 
that both of those games on that Saturday of the last weekend of the NFL regular season will have playoff implications. So I don't know who's going to be playing in those games, but that's the game I'm most excited about for sure. I kind of like the doubleheader idea flex games at the end of the Monday Night Football schedule. That should be interesting. Yeah, it should be very interesting, and I just can't wait to see what kind of matchups the NFL comes up with. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, you get to pick better games ultimately. That's what you want because sometimes... Because what's the biggest complaint about the... Thursday night games during the season. And they, they suck. They suck. The matchups are terrible. So hopefully that won't happen. Steve Levy, a little bit more from the voice of Monday Night Football. The NFC East will not be a joke this year. I've been thinking the same thing, and I certainly hope not because it was terrible last year. I don't think the NFC East is a joke uh, this year. It was kind of a punchline, right, uh, last year. A 7-9 and nine Washington team goes to the playoffs. You know, I think the Redskins are going to, you know, kind of a top-five defense. Cowboys probably have a top-five offense. I think if the Giants, they get Saquon Barkley healthy, they get going. I think the real wild card there is Philadelphia. But so, you know, I think whoever comes out of the NFC East will be much better prepared uh, to play in a playoff game than they were, let's say, this past season. Jordan Renan, ESPN NFL Nation, beat reporter for the New York Football Giants, uh, by the way, He put out a piece earlier today, and I was reading through it a little bit. I've got to finish it because it's something I want to talk about with you tomorrow. Yes, I'm sorry. But the the depth of talent and the remaking and revamping of the New York football Giants roster in the last 16 months, it went from just there's nothing there to, wow, on paper, this is a really solid football team now. And Joe Judge has his fingerprints in there. He's working well with Gettleman. You've seen what they've done in free agency in the draft to address a lot of issues. I think not just the Giants, but absolutely the NFC East is going to be a lot better than it was last year. You know, I asked you, I believe it was off the air a couple of days ago, but now that the draft and free agency is over with, do you feel like Gettleman's safe? Because going into the offseason, I feel like he was on the hot seat. I, I feel like it was this close, and, and he has definitely... And now, all of a sudden, because of the trade, because of the free agent decisions, all of a sudden, no one's talking about it. He's backed off, uh, fallen off the cliff, let's put it that way. Here's the last piece of audio from Courtney Cronin. Is the NFL taking Christmas away from the NBA? Because you knew it was NBA all day. Well, maybe not. Given the NBA schedule and that it hadn't truly kicked off into full swing yet where they dominate the slate on Christmas Day, the NFL decided to impede on their territory a little bit and say, okay, we're going to take your time spot, which was the 425 Eastern time game. Alvin Kamara is going to run for six touchdowns. Mike Zimmer is going to call this defense the worst he's ever had. It's going to be great television all ways around. And then in 2021, we're going to up the ante and we're going to give you not one but two Christmas Day games, further pushing uh, the NBA off of its Christmas Day pedestal. It starts off with Cleveland at Green Bay, 4.30 p.m., that game on Fox, and then Indianapolis at Arizona, 8.15 p.m. on NFL Network. So I look at this slate of games. I mean, Browns-Packers, whether Rodgers is there or not, Frozen Lambeau Field on Christmas Day. Sign me up. Phones, tablets, laptops, big screens, never enough screens. You like to say it all the time, glue guy. Yeah, and hopefully uh, Santa Claus brings you a few more. Yeah, sign me up for all that NBA and that NFL. I want to watch it all. This is ESPN Radio, the SportsZilla Show, and Soundcheck. The last thing we'll say today is next. The SportsZilla Show with Rain and Matt. Can everyone hear me okay? Hello. 
Okay, well, so we've made some amazing adjustments. And, okay. Here's the last thing we'll say today on ESPN Radio. ESPN and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. See, Paulie in, in a little video put out by on Twitter by the social media feeds at ESPN Syracuse and at ESPN UR. He's wearing Puma and a Padres hat and his mask. Yeah, that's work appropriate, isn't it? It's a total sweatsuit. He's got like a pantsuit on, except that, it sweats. That's awesome. Good Puma. for him. Yeah, it is. He looks really comfortable, actually, and I'm kind of jealous. Uh, a caller earlier today on Orange Nation said that he thinks Tommy DeVito's job is history. I think it's Garrett Schrader when it's all said and done. I agree with that. So do I. Um, I think we talked about it before, but he didn't transfer here to just be a backup. Yeah. Paulie Sebelia thinks the Bills are going to crush their projected season win total. I concur. Steven Fonte, and we love these guys, but he said that the Knicks aren't real contenders in the playoffs. Oh, suddenly there's Those a... Those are fighting words. Suddenly there's a bond between Matt Page, the glue guy, and Steven Fonte, because anytime you can put down my Knicks... My man. That makes you really happy. Uh, Orange Nation and we both got to talk to Rick Beardsley today, get you updated on lacrosse for the lacrosse fans out there. Yeah, you got Georgetown this weekend. Uh, we're going to talk to Mike McAllister and a few other friends tomorrow. It's time to get you ready to get on the air. On the block with Brent X coming up at the top of the hour. We return at 6 for Yankees on deck. I'm sure he'll take a few jabs at the Yankees as he gets ready to sign off for that in two hours. This is ESPN Radio and the Sportsilla Show. You ready to go? Yeah, so who do we have on tap tomorrow? Do you know? Uh, we have Jack. I've rescheduled him, and Mike McAllister will join us. Uh, that's just to name a couple of our phone guests. There's a little tease. I, I know how you like to put teases out there. little so. tease, a little preview. Going to have a great conversation about NFL players that played at Syracuse University and when you can watch them in prime time. We'll do that with Mike tomorrow. All right, we're done. Brent's next. Have a great rest of your day.